Hi again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome back once again to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by magicofairy.com. Last time, our heroes, except for Uncle Shameless, made it to the Temple of Arcana, but there was one problem. The door would not open. After searching the area, Steve found a place that his blue heron amulet would fit into. After using his amulet, three ghostly blue herons appeared, the three sisters. To stay updated, you can like the podcast on Facebook, just search for Magic of Airy podcast, or you can follow it on Twitter, at... M-O-E podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Hogan or check out my website, DanielJHogan.com. And now the next wonderful episode of The Magic of Airy. Episode number 34, The Three Sisters. Steve, Hera, and Zero swam over to the tall shimmering visages of the Blue Heron Mystics. Sio tried to apologize to Steve for yelling at him earlier, but the boy ignored him. What are your names? Steve asked as he looked up at the semi-transparent giant images of the Blue Heron sisters. We are the three sisters. I am Reshel, daughter of... Let's keep this to a one-name maximum, please. You're one to talk, just Steve, destroyer of cities. Please don't call me that, and how did you even know about that? Five toes told us. What he hears, we know. Wait a second. If you know what he hears, then why did we have to come all the way to this temple? Why didn't you just come to Queen Lana's castle and save us the hassle? That just isn't how these things are done. What kind of answer is that? Listen here, little mister. There are certain rules and ways of acting. And when it comes to quests such as yours... You're not going to start talking about that stupid prophecy again, are you? The other two blue herons cleared their throats at the same time attempting to derail the growing argument. The ghostly image of Reshel rubbed her eyes. Ahem, yes, anyway. She pointed to the sister on her left. This is Aurora. Aurora bowed her head slightly. Reshel then pointed to the sister on her right. And finally, this is Akron. We are the three sisters. You already said that part. Oh, yes, sorry. We are the mystics of Zah and the guardians of the temple of Arkan. She waved a hand and a globe of light appeared in her palm. It flashed and began showing moving pictures, just like Istrio and Queen Lana had done. Long ago, before the fall, the skies were ruled by... Hey, um, sorry, but can we skip all that too? I'm not in the mood for a boring, long-winded backstory. I've had enough of those already. The sister narrowed her blank eyes and crushed the glowing globe in her hand, shattering it like an old Christmas ornament. Fine. Because it's not like I've only been waiting 300-some-odd years for this moment. But fine, I'll skip the boring backstory. Good, I'm glad you understand. Answered Steve, choosing to ignore her sarcasm. Akern pointed to the temple's door. You see that door over there? Yeah. You must open it. You don't say. I do say, and you must open it to enter. Reshel's semi-transparent image floated over to her sister. What are you doing? It's my job to instruct him, not yours. It's bad enough he wants to skip the one thing I've been waiting centuries to tell. I don't need you stepping on my toes. But why do you get to do both? That isn't really fair. Because I'm the oldest. Allura covered her face in embarrassment as she watched her sisters argue. Zeroth swam toward the arguing sisters. Ladies, please. Zeroth spoke in a rare, gentlemanly tone. Let's try and stay focused. Ah, very well. I shall calm down slightly and continued. As my sister was saying, you need to open the door to the temple. Yeah, I I got that part. How? That is your challenge. 
left. It is the challenge of Arcana. All three sisters cried in unison as they threw up their hands and flashes of light exploded around them. Steve stared at the three semi-transparent sisters, unfazed by the over-the-top theatrics. I thought we agreed to leave out all the crazy talking stuff. Sorry, we couldn't help it. The three sisters hovered over to the stone sandbox that Steve had found earlier, and as they beckoned the companions over, Akron waved a glowing hand to the sandbox. Behold, the box of Arcana, and in it, the sand of Arcana. Why, yes, how did you know? Lucky guess. You will open the door to the temple using the sand. Steve looked down at the sand, and then over to the door. Um, how am I going to do that? Halora waved a clawed hand over the blue heron amulet. It was still stuck into the stone at the base of the box of Arcana. The amulet began flashing. That's really pretty, but... Steve started until the three sisters shushed him. A beam of light shot up from the jeweled eye of the amulet and became solid. Possible. Oh my! What the... Laura reached down and grabbed the object. It was only a few inches long and resembled a pencil. She held it out to Steve. Use this in the sand of Arcana. Alora motioned to the sand with a nod. Do what exactly? Steve asked as he held the pencil made of solid light. Whatever you create in the sand, using that, will alter the door and allow you inside. That is the challenge of Arcana. So the challenge of Arcana is for me to draw in the sand with a stick. All three of the sisters nodded in unison. You've got to be kidding. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast. A free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicavery.com and through the iTunes Music Store. We weren't taught how to draw in school. The closest thing to drawing we ever did was when we made bar graphs to show the rise in unemployment. Uh, oh. Era replied, not understanding most of what Steve had just said. Just give it a shot. What do you have to lose? Steve shrugged and swam down to the pure white sand. He had never drawn anything before as his school had done in a way with the art program in favor of double biochemistry. He began to dip the makeshift pencil into the sand, but hesitated. He did not know what to do, or even how to begin. Steve thought for a moment, and jabbed the pencil into the sand. He moved his hand around quickly, forming the shapes he wanted. When he was finished, he looked at his creation and smiled. He had written, Open, in the sand. He looked up, expecting to see the large stone door swung open. Instead, all he saw was the wood open carved into the old rock. Oh, come on, Jake. Try again. Discouraged, Steve brushed away the words with a free hand. The carved wood disappeared from the stone door. His lack of art experience certainly was making the challenge very much a challenge. He tried to think of what to draw. He thought of what an open door looked like in his mind. Steve closed his eyes and thought hard. The clouds of reason began to part within his mind's eye, and he imagined a picture of an open door. He thought hard to keep the image as he opened his eyes and set to work. He slowly jabbed the makeshift pencil into the sand and moved it away from him and drew the left side of a door frame. He stopped and moved the pencil to the right, creating a backward seven until he reached a certain point. He then moved the pencil back toward himself, forming a lowercase n shape. His lines were uneven and shaky, but he tried not to focus on his lack of talent, as he was only concerned with finishing. Steve then drew the bottom of the doorframe, completing an uneven, lopsided rectangle. He glanced up at the actual temple door and did not notice any changes, but he was not discouraged, since he was not yet finished. He thought hard, again, to bring the image of a door back into his mind, and immediately knew what he had to add. On the right side toward the middle, Steve drew a simple doorknob. 
Instantly, there was a loud cracking sound, and Steve looked up from his sand drawing to the temple door. A doorknob, identical to the one in his drawing, had appeared. Steve looked up at the three sisters for a sign of approval, but the eerie blue heron just stared back at him. Why not try using the doorknob? Era said. Steve shrugged and swam over to the temple door and grabbed a hold of the simple knob and twisted it. To his surprise, the knob turned. This is impossible, he whispered to himself as he pulled on the knob, but the door did not move. It didn't work. I sure you don't have to... Push it in first and then turn, Zero suggested as he floated over to the magical sandbox. Did you turn it the correct way? Because sometimes that can, you know... I don't think it matters, Steve yelled back, trying unsuccessfully to hide his annoyance with the situation. Zero studied the door and then the drawing. Maybe you forgot something? Steve swam back to the sandbox. He stared hard at the door and tried to think of what he needed to add. The door had a knob. What else could it need? He thought to himself. Steve thought hard again to bring the image of a real door back into his mind. He studied the image with his budding imagination and thought of all the parts of the door. Eventually, inspiration struck and he got to work. On the left side of the door, he added hinges at the top, the bottom, and in the middle. Just like before with the doorknob, hinges instantly appeared on the temple door. Steve smiled and swam over to the temple. He grasped the doorknob once again, turned it, and pulled. To his amazement and surprise, the door swung open easily as its new hinges groaned. Well done, praised the eldest sister, as the other two joined her in her clapping, although their ghostly hands did not make any sound. Steve looked down at his poorly drawn door with its equally poorly drawn knob and hinges and smiled. He had enjoyed his first experience with drawing and wondered when he would have a chance to do it again. Shall we go inside? asked Alora, as the three sisters floated through the water toward the now-open temple door. Zeoth, Era, and Steve followed the giant shimmering images of the three sisters into the waiting temple. The glow of the three sisters' iridescent bodies lit up the interior of the ancient temple of Arcana. It was more like a cave than a temple, with jagged rocky walls and floors. Steve swam carefully, as to avoid hitting any of the larger, sharper rocks, and tried to stay within the eerie glowing light given off by the blue heron mystics. The three sisters came to a stop near a large stone box that sat in the center of the room atop a tall column. The base of the column was carved into a large eagle with its wings spread. Alora pointed to the box. Go there and open the box. The two we need to defeat the Hawk King will be inside. Finally! Steve thought to himself, even though he did not want to fight the Hawk King or even ever see him again. He swam to the stone box that sat proudly on top of its stone column. Steve pushed the lid off the box with all his might, causing it to float away and sink to the floor of the temple. Dust and sand spilled out of the box, and instead of waiting for it to clear, Steve reached blindly inside for the fabled Sword of Zah. However, what he pulled out of the box was not the Sword of Zah. In fact, it was not even a sword. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairy.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. A stick! Steve yelled as he swam back down to the three sisters. He waved his find in front of them. It was a simple wooden stick, several inches long and about the thickness of a broom handle. It had a pair of twigs sticking out from the sides. 
One even had a tiny green leaf. Is this some kind of joke? No. You mean to tell me I fought gulls, rode a crazy flying boat, put a smelly fish over my nose, and almost got crushed by a bird lobster thing just to get a beat up old stick? The three sisters were silent for a moment, and then... Yes. What am I going to do to the Hawk King with this thing? Give him splinters? Perhaps. What do you mean, perhaps? This is not just an ordinary stick. It is a weapon that is only limited by your imagination. Huh? Steve studied the stick in his hand. This stick is the Staff of Arcana. It will help you on your quest. I thought my quest was to get this thing. Dear me, no. Who told you that? Histrio. It is not unlike him to be a little misleading in these matters. That is his way. Reshel placed a glowing, ghostly hand on Steve's shoulder. Young Harrier, you must go to Arx Aquila. Oh, come on! How many more stupid places do I have to go before I'm done with all this crazy quest junk? Steve swam away from the three sisters and headed toward Era and Zeroth. It never ends! I'll tell you one thing, I'm not walking anymore. I've had my fill of walking, that's all I seem to do around here, and I'm not walking anywhere else. Fear not, just Steve, destroyer of cities. Upon exiting this temple, you shall find the transportation you desire. Before Steve could ask what she meant, Reshel and her sisters disappeared in a flash of vaporous blue light. After exiting the temple, Steve swam over to the box of Arcana and grabbed his mysterious blue heron amulet. He thought of how he was collecting an odd assortment of talismans and relics while in Aerie, and wondered if he could take them back to Michigan with him when he left. Steve rolled his eyes at the thought, since he wondered if he'd even get home. It seemed to him that every time he got close to finally leaving Aerie, he'd get another task given to him. Being in Aerie for him was almost as bad as doing weekend chores with his dad back home in Beacon Pines. As the trio swam away from the Temple of Arcana, they heard an odd chorus of yells and roars. They hurried to where they had last seen Uncle Shameless, only to find him trying to teach the Rock Lobster how to sing. What do you do with a drunken sailor? No, 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 not like that. Listen to me, dang nabbit, Uncle Shameless said as he sat on one of the Rock Lobster's claws. He cleared his throat and began singing once again. <laughs> Oh, what do you do with the drunken sailor? He pointed to the rock lobster, and the creature opened its beak to sing. (laughs) No, no, no! Try again. (laughs) Better, Uncle Shameless said. He did not notice that Steve swam up behind him with a very disapproving look on his face. What are you doing? Steve, boy, I'm so glad you could stop by. Steve rolled his eyes and pointed at the rock lobster. Oh, I'm just teaching Roscoe here how to sing. And Steve covered his face with a hand. Roscoe? Steve asked, even though he did not want to know the answer. Yeah, Roscoe. I gave him a new name. He seems to like it. Uh, Don't Roscoe. Roscoe the Rock Lobster roared a cheerful cry and flapped his wings. And why are you teaching him to sing? Oh, I sure couldn't teach him to dance. Look how many legs he has. But we saw you fighting when we left. Oh, heck, uh, that weren't nothing. Just had to take a little bit of the fight out of old Roscoe here. 
Yeah, we tumbled a bit, but when, you know, uh, I told him why we were here, he stopped fighting. What? Yep. Ain't that something? Oh, it's something, all right. As Era and Zero looked over the now-tame rock lobster, Steve searched around for the transportation the three sisters had so cryptically told him about. Discouraged, he swam back to the group to find them listening to Uncle Shameless tell a story about the time he tried unsuccessfully to kayak across Lake Superior. After the part about him getting picked up by a shipping vessel and being forced to dance for the crew, everyone broke out in laughter. Roscoe flapped his large wings as a sign of approval. Steve stared at the wings on the back of the odd creature and had a feeling of knowing and dread wash over him. They have got to be kidding, Steve said as he realized to what the three sisters had been referring. Steve swam over to Uncle Shameless and interrupted his story, much to everyone's displeasure. What? What is it, boy? Can't wait till I'm done. I'm almost to the part where I had to fight off the sea lampreys. I thought you were in a lake. Whatever, same thing. Do you think the rock lobster... Roscoe? Steve rolled his eyes and continued. Do you think Roscoe could fly us out of here? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Uncle Shameless said as he nodded toward the large creature. Steve sighed and could not believe what he was about to do. He looked up at Roscoe and stared into his large, glowing eyes. Roscoe... Steve said very formally and without any emotion. Could you fly us to Ark's Aquila? Roscoe reared up on his legs and roared. <laughs> Uncle Seamus looked back at Steve and smiled. That's a yes. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Airy. Please join us again next time. What will happen when the rock lobster leaves the sea? How far away is Ark's Aquila? What happens when you mix baking soda and vinegar? Find out, possibly, in the next fantastic episode of The Magic of Airy. The copyright date of this episode was October 16th, 2010. Help support this free podcast by using the PayPal donate button on the website, or buy a copy of the original novel. The Magic of Airy podcast by Daniel J. Hogan and Scary Dice Productions is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States license. This only applies to the podcast and not the original novel. Feel free to share this podcast. The Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And as always, thanks for listening.